You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, welcome in, everyone, to Bonfire. This is Episode 3. Uh, we thank you for listening. If you are new to our podcast, we'd like to, to welcome you. And if you're a returning listener, we want to thank you as well uh, for, for listening uh, here to the Bonfire Podcast. So um, we're going to uh, jump into another topic today that's uh, very important and critical uh, to um, really uh, Christian life. And, you know, Dad, I, I was thinking about it. Our first uh, three episodes, we, we necessarily didn't plan it this way, but it's turned out that we're really addressing probably like the pillars um, of, of Christianity. That's um, right. And so uh, if, if we were smarter, we probably would have branded that as a series uh, from the start. But uh, nonetheless, we're still getting it in. So yeah. that's, that's all that matters. So uh, today we're going to be taking a, a close look at repentance. Um, and repentance is, is a, uh, a very important part of Christianity, as I, as I just said. It's one that I, I'm afraid is getting overlooked a lot these days. You know, it, it used to be at one point uh, repentance echoed out of every pulpit in America. Um, it was something that was talked about. It was something that was preached. It was something that was teached uh, continually. Um, but it seems as if that is just taking a back seat in many of our churches across the country. Um, and uh, I think that's a real problem. It's, a, it's an issue uh, where folks aren't understanding the importance of repentance. So we want to go into that today. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the piece that I, that I wanted to kind of start off our conversation with is um, I just was really disappointed uh, this week. Uh, you know, we've got a lot going on in our country right now. Oh, yeah. We've got the, uh, the racial tensions, um, black versus white and, and everything else that's going on. And, and so I was listening to um, a recorded broadcast. I was watching it on YouTube. So it, it had been posted or actually occurred a few days before. And the, the folks who were speaking were what we would consider to be religious leaders of the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't call them out by name, but uh, you can probably go ahead and characterize who these folks are uh, by, you know, when mainstream media uh, talks about Christianity or church, these are some names that typically come to mind. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, of course, from all walks of life, uh, uh, white and black and everything else. And uh, they came together to talk about what was going on in our country today. And uh, they talked for over an hour, mm-hmm. and they hit on uh, everything under the sun that would make this better, uh, that would uh, help uh, the tensions, and, and that would uh, cause us to move forward. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I was just shocked by is I never once heard any of them talk about sin, mm-hmm. and I never once heard any of them propose that repentance of sin was a good solution to get us out of the mess that we're in right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was just so disappointing because, uh, you know, I feel like this, again, from a mainstream standpoint, when people think about uh, church and Christianity in the United States, these are the folks who uh, have the the uh, platform uh, to, to, to talk. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what I was hearing coming out of their mouth doesn't sound like true Christianity. It doesn't sound like the, the Christianity of, of my Bible and, and, mm-hmm. and what Jesus preached uh, when he was here uh, on the earth. And so um, today we're going to hit repentance and we're going to hit it hard. Right. And we're going to give it the coverage that I feel that is necessary uh, to really ad- address it because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a major concern. And uh, in episode one, we covered faith. Right. And, and faith is is critical. Faith is 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 really what our, our whole belief system is, is founded on is faith. Mm-hmm. But you can't have Christianity uh, and with just faith alone. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's verses that say, you know, that you're saved by faith, but repentance is a, a kind of a double-sided uh, coin uh, to that. So on right. the other side of faith, you're going to find repentance. Mm-hmm. And when you find repentance, you're going to find faith. They, That's they right. have to happen they go one together. and another. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can't have them apart. If you have them apart, then if you just have faith, then faith really just turns into simple be- belief. And that just means that you know facts about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, facts about Jesus is not what gets you to heaven. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even uh, the the Bible says that even the demons in hell know who Jesus is. They believe and tremble. They believe and tremble, mm-hmm. right? But they don't have repentance. No. Uh, they don't have uh, salvation. Um, and so I think it's a very important thing that we make sure that our viewers uh, and our, our listeners, they understand uh, what repentance is. And um, when Jesus started his earthly ministry, and I'm, I'm looking here in uh, Mark, this is uh, the first chapter of Mark, and this is verse uh, 15, and, and these are the first red letters in Mark, mm-hmm. uh, in the Gospel of Mark. And so really, this is where Jesus starts his earthly ministry. And the first thing that we have recorded of him saying, it says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Right. Right, right there. That was Jesus's message right at the start was you need to repent and you need to have faith. Right. Uh, you got to have them. Right. Uh, in order to, to receive salvation. And so... Uh, you know, the great evangelist or preacher D.L. Moody, uh, he once said that repentance is the tear in the eye of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, alluding that you can't have faith without repentance. You can't have repentance without faith. Right. They go hand in hand. And so we're going to talk about uh, going to talk about repentance today. And uh, for our listeners, um, can you help us begin to understand, you know, what is what is repentance um, and maybe what is it not? Okay. Well, the the Greek verb translated repent in the New Testament means to perceive afterwards. So repent really means to change one's mind. To change one's mind about what? Well, to change one's mind about sin. And that change of mind leads to a change of direction. Now, of course, we know what sin is. Sin is anything we do, say, or think that displeases God. And a person that repents is a person that acknowledges his sins and sees them for what they really are, rebellion against God. And seeing his sins for what they are, he changes his mind about his sinful ways of living. And instead of taking delight in those sins, he hates those sins so much that he turns away from his sins and starts obeying God and serving God. Now, We just mentioned what repentance is, but now repentance, so many people get confused and and misunderstand things about repentance. I think it's easier to say what repentance is not. (laughs) Repentance is not regret. You know, regret is something that people feel after they get caught doing wrong. They wish they had not done the wrong. Repentance is not just remorse either. Remorse is when a person feels very bad about what he has done. Judas, you remember Judas betrayed Jesus? He was remorseful. He was remorseful when he saw Jesus condemned to death, but his sorrow led him to commit suicide, not the action of godly sorrow that leads to salvation. And uh, the Bible tells us that Herod was exceedingly sorry when Herodias' daughter asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter. But He stood by his rash oath to save face, and he killed John anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's something else. Repentance is not just merely promising to stop sinning. You know, when John the Baptist preached repentance to sinners, he said, bear fruit worthy of repentance. You and I talked about that a while ago. 
when uh, people asked John, well, what then shall we do? He didn't just say, promise not to do it again. He instead gave them specific instructions on changing their conduct as a result of repentance. As a matter of fact, over in Acts 26, 20, Paul said, repent, turn to God, and do works befitting of repentance. In other words, do works that give evidence of repentance. It's not confessing sin. Many people confess, acknowledge their sin, but they never repent. You think about sometimes an adulterer or a drunkard. They may confess their conduct is sinful, but they continue to do it. It's not being afraid because of your sin either. You remember you you said a while ago that uh, the demon said, you know, that they believe and they tremble, but, you know, they're not going to be in heaven. So they're afraid. It's not... Reformation either. An alcoholic may quit drinking because the doctor told him that if he didn't quit drinking, you're just going to die. But Reformation alone is not repentance. Changing your conduct without changing your heart is not repentance. You know, being a a Baptist preacher, you know, we baptize, we baptize by immersion. And, you know, it's not uh, performing some religious ritual like baptism or partaking of the Lord's Supper. Now, mind you, those things are important, but there have been plenty of people that have gotten baptized or partaking of the Lord's Supper that did not repent of their sins. They just went down a dry center. If they got baptized, came up a wet center, you know. Um, what else are you thinking about in regard to repentance today, Matt? Well, you know, uh, a couple of things that you said there just come to mind. You, you mentioned that repentance is uh, it's not just being remorseful. It's not just saying you're sorry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many times that's that's what the, I guess, the common definition of repentance is, is that you need to say, I'm sorry. Right. Um, but that's not biblical repentance. You know, it's, yeah. it's further than that. Um, as I was preparing for what we we're going to be talking about today, I was reading through and I saw an illustration that... Uh, talked about a town in um, Canada. It's a rural town um, up in kind of the Arctic area and uh, was only accessible uh, for a while by, I guess, plane or boat or something like that. And, uh-huh. um, but they built a road and it has one road leading into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the people were getting shipments in from a, a, a truck driver and the truck driver uh, said, well, how do I get out of here? And the person in the town says, you got to turn around and go right back where you're from. <laughs> yeah. And the, the point that was made there is like, uh, is sin is like a, a town with a, a one road in uh, and there's one road out. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the only way that you can get out of the town of sin is that you got to turn around and go back in the direction that, that you were you know coming from. And, and that's what repentance is. It's, uh, it's a change of heart. It's a change of mind. It's a change of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just turning from your sin. It's also turning to Jesus and turning to God. Right. Um, it, it, again, it's it's more than just saying, "Oh, I'm sorry," and I feel bad uh, for for what 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 I did uh, there. And you know, for some of our listeners, uh, when we talk about repentance um, and try to go through the these uh, you know definitions and, and and give you a scripture, a lot of times that's hard for people to understand. And so, um, for some people, they just need to see it lived out and played out in front of them. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I thought about we could look at when I think about repentance and a person in the Bible who repented, uh, probably more than than anyone. I think about King David. Oh uh, yeah, you know, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, if you uh, you look in Second Samuel chapter eleven, and I'm not going to read it for our listeners, but I will just kind of tell the story there. You know, King David 
uh, was, um, you know, king of Israel and he was there in the spring and he had sent his men and his armies off to battle mm-hmm. and, uh, they were, were fighting and, uh, he went out, uh, from his, um, you know, bedroom and went out onto a terrace there at the castle. And he was looking over, uh, all of the land of, of Israel there. And, and he happened to land his eyes on a young lady who was on her rooftop who was bathing mm-hmm. and, uh, David, you know, committed several sins here. Uh, first sin is he he fell his eyes on her and he lusted after her. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, wow, I need to know who this is and find out more about her. And so he sent some of his servants that were working there in, in the, the palace, and they went to find out who this lady was and uh, come to find out, uh, you know, it was Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And Bathsheba uh, had a husband who was actually fighting uh, for King David in, in the army. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, he knew that, you know, he, he wasn't around and he had her come to the palace, uh, come there to the castle there. And uh, ultimately he ended up uh, sleeping with her and committing adultery. Yeah. And so we have another sin right. that occurred there. And uh, she went away, went back to her house. And ultimately, uh, as time passed, uh, she sent word back to uh, King David that she was with child. Mm-hmm. And uh, King David said, "Oh, what what am I gonna do here? I got to figure out a way to cover this up." Mm-hmm. And you know that's, that's so uh, telling of sin, right? Uh, the devil is so good about this. Yeah, um, sin is is typically one sin leads to another sin, right? And you know, right? So he he first lusted, and then he actually committed the act of adultery in and of itself, and physical mm-hmm. adultery. And then um, he he needed to do something else to try and cover up the first two sins. Sure. And so you know what he did there is he he, he called home. Um, Bathsheba's uh, husband and, and said, hey, you know, you're here. You, you need to go spend some time with your, your wife and, and go see your family. And, and ultimately, uh, her husband said, you know, I'm not going to do that. There, there's, there's men out there on the battlefield uh, that are sleeping in tents and are, and are uh, battling. I'm not going to leave my men and my post. And so he was just going to sleep right there at the gate right. of, of uh, the palace because he, he wasn't, he was going to maintain his service. And mm-hmm. so, um, ultimately, uh, David had to figure out another plan. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he sent him back to, to battle and ultimately uh, had him put on the front lines of uh, that battle where surely he That's was right. going to die. I he mean, yeah. in those times, if you're on the front lines, uh, there was very little chance that you were going to survive. That was the mm-hmm. folks that were, were mainly going to be uh, killed in those battles. And so sure enough, uh, he died. And mm-hmm. so now we have David uh, committing the act of murder, basically. Yeah. Um, in that, and so uh, that is David, who is who is viewed as as one of the great uh, men of God in the Bible. But he had a lot of failures, mm-hmm. and in this one instance, he sinned multiple times. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, David repented of his sins, mm-hmm. and he he talked about that in Psalms uh, fifty one. And um, if I flip over to, to Psalms 51, just a, a couple things here uh, to, to, the, to the listeners to look at. And I would encourage all of you who are listening, if you got your Bible with you, turn to, to Psalms 51 and actually read it all. Uh, but there's just some uh, great uh, statements here that really picture what repentance looks like. And so um, it's, this is occurring after Nathan, the, the prophet, actually confronts David mm-hmm. and says, Hey, David, um, <laughs> you know, what you did, you, you say that you're you know, a man of God and what you did is not uh, you know, what, what it is to be a man of God and that you need to repent for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, 
Uh, David, of course, likes to to, to write uh, songs, and, and ultimately the whole book of Psalms is attributed to him. And so he captures this, and, and some of these words are just so telling of what repentance is. In verse, um, verse 1 there, 51, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving uh, kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my tra- transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin." And then he goes on to say, I, I know what I did was wrong. It says, I acknowledge mm-hmm. my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Boy, that's conviction right there. That's conviction, yes. That, and that's, that's what, you, what you need uh, for for repentance. And then um, ultimately, uh, a little bit further down, where he talks about that he realizes that he sinned against God. Mm-hmm. And it, it says that I, I sinned, you know, uh, uh, to you, before you, and you only. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people have to get or have to understand is that when you get to the point of repentance, you you have to understand that what you did, the mm-hmm. sin that's in your life, is is not just wrongdoings that you've done to other people, but sin hurts God. It's you know, rebellion against God, it's rebellion whatever against it is. God. Mm-hmm. You know, God is perfect. He's holy. He doesn't like sin. And, right. and sin, uh, you know, hurts and it disgusts God. And, mm-hmm. and and no matter what it is, whether it's a – people like to put sin on a scale, whether it's a small skin, a, a sin or a large sin. Yeah. Um, you know, sin is sin, and it mm-hmm. all is displeasing toward God. And so David here is just uh, pouring out his heart and, you know, repenting. And so – you know, for our listeners, Dad, if, if you had to say what, how do you put repentance together? What are the stages or phases of repentance? Can you help them understand what that yeah, looks like? Yeah, sure. Well, we mentioned conviction a while ago, and uh, I think David was under heavy, heavy convic- conviction. Over in Psalm 32, listen to what it says, and this really describes the same period of time when he was covering his sin. David said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. It was God's hand of conviction was heavy upon him. He said, my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. So David was under great conviction. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is to convict the sinner of sins. As a matter of fact, Jesus said one of the reasons the Holy Spirit was sent to the world after he ascended back to the Father, was to come to convict sinners of sin, their need for righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, and the judgment that's going to come. So in conviction, the Holy Spirit comes to you and warns you to detour, to change direction, because you're on the wrong road. And before men and women can come to Jesus and be forgiven of their sins and have their sins forgiven, they must be convicted of sin. Well, another element of genuine uh, repentance is uh, contrition. Contrition. The Bible says in Psalm thirty-four, eighteen, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Contrition or godly sorrow, as it is called in 2 Corinthians 7.10, is not a shallow sentiment nor empty emotion. It is sincere regret over past sins and an earnest desire to walk in a new path of righteousness. And I think you touched on it a while ago. The, the third element of genuine repentance is that of changing, you know, changing your mind that leads to changing your ways. I heard it said one time, 
and you put it well with the, the, the road leading into the town. And here's another way of looking at it, too. Repentance is like making an about face. Take, for instance, if you're in the military and you're marching in a certain direction and the drill sergeant says about face, he doesn't want you to continue going in the direction you were going in, but to stop and turn around and go in the opposite direction. Well, ultimately, that's what repentance leads to, a change of mind that that leads to a change of ways. You turn away from your sin to start living your life to glorify and please God. Now, a while ago, uh, you were mentioning about the relationship between uh, faith and repentance. Uh, I, I think that if you genuinely believe that Jesus is who he claims to be, the Almighty Son of God, and you believe he did what the Bible says he did, he died in our place, to take the punishment for our sins so we wouldn't have to, then why out of gratitude for what he did? We should be willing to turn from our sin and start living our life to please him. Repentance just kind of goes along with faith. Yeah, that's very true. And, uh, you know, I think the next important thing for people to to understand about repentance is uh, there is a fruit of repentance. Um, Repentance generates repentance. something out of out of the believer and uh, you know the best thing that we can talk about is you, you mentioned a, a change mm-hmm. um when people are truly repented their life changes their life changes the way they talk changes you know that that foul, foul mouth person no longer finds it becoming to curse right. and to say evil things that that person who used to tell lewd jokes no longer says those things anymore and, and feels you know feels conviction for it that that's wrong mm-hmm. and they don't want to do that um people who are repentant their entire livelihood changes the way that their marriage operates is going to change right the way that their business is going to operate is, is to change and i hope our listeners understand i'm not trying to to say that if you get your life right that there's going to be you know wealth and and everything to come your way by no means right. am i saying that i'm just saying the the very way that you do your business if you have your own business or what you do at work you're going to operate differently than if you're not repented it, it, it's going to completely uh, just give you a, a new uh, a new way of doing things, and yeah, you know the other thing that that comes with uh, repentance um, in Acts three nineteen, Peter was uh, preaching here, and it says, "Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord." Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just think about so many people they're carrying around their baggage with them throughout their life of things yeah. they've done wrong. And um, many times it, it plays over and over and over in their head, and they right. they can't seem to, to like get a broken record, that. like yeah. a broken record, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just can't seem to get past it, even the, even things that happened years in the past. And and that's the beauty of repentance when you have a faith and faith coupled with with repentance that equals freedom, right? Uh, because you have the freedom and the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ, and so you have peace. You know, you don't you don't worry about those things that are in the past because they're gone, as Peter says here it's blotted out right they're taken off if you can imagine people like to talk about their permanent record i don't know if they still do that but mm-hmm. when i was a in elementary school everyone used to talk about that's going to go on your permanent record <laughs> yeah i don't even know what that is right I don't, i've never seen the permanent record so maybe there's stuff on there but uh you know people like to have that mentality is that, that there is a permanent record and uh that, that, that exists and um, all the stuff's on there and it just weighs them down and, and it's uh, repentance that frees them from that and then they don't have to worry about that anymore. Right, that's right. And the way that to have that that bad on your permanent record expunged, you know, done away with, 
is what we're talking about today, to repent, to turn from those sins. And you know, when you turn away from something, you've got to turn to something. You've got to turn to Jesus and trust in his shed blood to forgive you of your sins. And he washes it away and takes care of it, washes it completely away. Yes, he he takes it completely away. And, you know, the the other piece that I wanted to make sure that we get in today uh, in the time that we have with our listeners is there's dangers in failing to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we know that we've said that to have a, a true conversion into Christianity and, and have salvation and forgiveness, you got to have faith and repentance together. Uh, but repentance, failing to repent in and of itself, it, it can be physically harming to you. Right. Um, you know, you, you just read there in Psalms, uh, what was that 32, I believe? Psalms 32. Uh, 32, where where he um, David was talking about that he had tried to keep it in, he tried to keep it silent, and it basically was just eating him alive. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't repent, failing to repent will we'll eat you alive. Right. Uh, all that weight and baggage that we just talked about there. And then ultimately, not repenting is just another form of sin. I, you know, I saw it characterized as idolatry, mm-hmm. um, basically because you're still trying to put yourself, your your person above that of the glory of God, because you don't want to you don't want to uh, present all the evil things that you've done, or somehow you've managed to justify what you did mm-hmm. in your mind is it's okay. And that's sin. And right. we know uh, from what the Bible teaches us that ultimately sin leads to death. Right. Uh, both a potential physical death and a spiritual death as well, which is yeah. separation from, from Jesus. And so um, re- failing to repent is, is definitely dangerous. That's right. That's right. Well, a lot of people say, I believe in Jesus, but they haven't repented. Boy, repentance is important. If you fail to repent, you're in trouble. Because Jesus said in Luke 13, and he did not say this once, he said it twice. Now, you know, if Jesus says something once to me, I take it serious. But when he says it two times within two verses, he's really making emphasis. And he says this, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So obviously he's telling us right there that Repentance is a part of faith. You know, we are saved by faith, but it's a faith that that involves repentance. And if we don't repent, we're going to perish. The, the question today for those that are listening to us on this podcast is, have you repented? And, and one way you can tell if you've repented is, has your life changed? Mm, yeah. Is your life different than it used to be? I mean, it's necessary. It's necessary. You know, Jesus loved you so much that he came and he he took your sin upon himself. And the wages, the end result of sin is death. The punishment for sin is death. And he was punished in your place, my place, that we might not have to be punished. And so today he offers us the forgiveness of our sins based on the fact that he paid the penalty. He took the punishment for us. And, of course, we know the good news is that he was buried and he came back to life. He is alive today in heaven forevermore to uh, to take us into heaven, to let us come and live with him. Everything that he said can be backed up because he is a living God. And you have to repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ. You know, before we kind of sign off, Matt, I believe it's important to give people an opportunity to repent of their sin. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And, and as you said, um, I'd really encourage all of our listeners to, to think about their life and and look at it. You know, if you're, you're saying that you are a Christian, I want you to go back. You should know a day and a time and a place right. where that happened. And I want you to think about your life before that, and I want you to think about your life now. Right. And if you can't see a clear difference in the way that you operate and the way that your motives are, the way that you, you approach everything in life, if that's right. not different, then you you need to really think about, is repentance, uh, you know, do you need to repent? Are there sins that you you failed to repent for? And, and I, you know, I feel like sometimes um, in, in, in church life, I'll call it church life, you know, we're very, uh, very much focused in on teaching our children about uh, Jesus and, and teaching them about sin. Um, but there's, for Christian parents, many times I feel like they just try to push their kids uh, into Christianity uh, too early. Mm-hmm. And, and and the kids have a ton of head knowledge. They can quote Bible verses and they can do all of these things. But I just wonder sometime when I talk to people and they say, well, I got saved at four years of age. That's great. Maybe you did. I don't know. I'm not going right. yeah. to judge that. Uh, that's between them and God. But mm-hmm. it just makes me wonder if people really have repented from sin and can they say that their life is different and can they, they can, they could feel it. I really, I really feel like they can tell if they've truly repented from their sin and they're operating in the the mechanism of the spirit. Right. You, you've got to have that conviction. Like we talked about a while ago, I heard a, a fellow one time, his name is Terry Chupp. You probably remember him. Yeah. He was a, a bass fisherman. I think he was a businessman, and then he went into professional bass fishing, and then he ended up becoming a preacher to bass fishermen. Well, he came and did an, a, a put together an expo for us. We had a big time here uh, with Terry and uh, had a, a wild game supper. But Terry gave his testimony, and I'll never forget his testimony. He was a lost church member. He was not a Christian, even though he thought he was a Christian. And one day he was sitting in church, and the preacher was preaching, and he began to feel like God was was knocking on the door of his heart. You know, was and when we say knocking on the door of your heart, what we're talking about is God was speaking to him on the inside and getting his attention and telling him, "You need to be forgiven of your sins. You need to uh, to be saved." And he thought to himself, "Well, I'm a deacon. I've already been." I'm a member of this church, you know, upstanding member of this church. Well, he felt like in the way he described it, that God just kept knocking. And then finally uh, it came to him. He said, you know, if I go to my house, I don't have to knock on the door. I got the key. Hmm. And so uh, obviously God's knocking on the door of my heart because he wants to come inside. And so when the preacher gave the invitation, this was one of the bigger Baptist churches in Georgia somewhere, he hit the aisle and he went down and he asked Jesus to forgive him of his sins. And he really repented. He really repented. He repented of his sins. He turned away from those sins. That is that is repentance. You know, when you told that uh, that story, it, it just brought something to mind. You know, I've seen... Um, I've seen deacons uh, get saved. I've seen Sunday school teachers and pianists and organists, and right. and uh, I've even uh, you know seen where preachers uh, have gotten right. gotten saved. Uh, you know after being in that. But I feel like uh, a lot of people they get into this mode of, well, wait, I'm a deacon, or wait, I'm I'm a this, I'm a that. Um, I can't I can't go down and 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 get saved. What will people think? Um, 
And I just want to encourage everyone that uh, just to think about this, no one's opinion is we're going to hell over. Right. Uh, No one's opinion at all. So, you know, if you're in that position and you've been in church leadership or you've been uh, serving uh, in different capacities within a church and you you feel that tug of God, I just answer it. You know, it's not worth going to hell because you're worried about what some other body is going to say about you. It just it just doesn't make sense to me that you would do that. So I encourage all of our listeners to just take a, a close look at your life and and to do some inspection and ask God to, you know, you can you can pray and say, hey God, I I need you to show me where there's sin uh, in my life that I haven't repented for, mm-hmm. and and He'll bring that to light to you, and and He and He will show you that. Um, you know, Dad, for our listeners, we're, we're just about out of time, but uh, I usually get you to pray us out of here. Yeah. I was wondering today if you could um, help maybe our listeners who feel like they need to repent. There's a prayer that they can say that, that will help them through the process. There's nothing special about this particular prayer, but it can be said many different ways. But would you help them right. uh, through uh, through praying uh, to, for repentance? I sure will. You know, it's very important to ask God to forgive you of of your sins. You've got to ask him. Now, Years ago, when I was a boy 10 years of age, I wanted to become a Christian. I wanted my sins to be forgiven, and an old preacher at my church, Camp Creek Baptist Church, tall, lanky man, he got down on his knees, and he prayed the kind of prayer that he prayed when he became a Christian to give me some instruction and encouragement for letting me know what I needed to say in regard to asking God for forgiveness myself. And so... Uh, the prayer, we call it the sinner's prayer. And like you said, it's not a magic formula. If your heart is not in what you say, it doesn't mean anything, you know, uh, for it's the heart that believes unto righteousness, you know. And confession is made unto salvation is what the Bible says. So I'm going to pray that sinner's prayer that I prayed a long time ago when I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, and I turned from my sins, repentance, and uh, and told him I wanted him to be my Lord and I wanted to serve him. And I'll tell you what, if... The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. you got to call upon him, and you got to use your mouth and call upon him. So I invite those that are in our listening audience today that have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you feel that the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you and, and you want to drop this load of sin and you're ready to start living for God, then now's the time. God is knocking on the door of your heart, and you need to pray and ask Him to forgive you right now. Here's that prayer, and I'm going to pray it slow in case there are those out there today that are listening to us that would like to pray this prayer. Here's the prayer. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin, that He was buried, and He came back to life again. Today, I turn away from my sin, I promise to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. Please be my Savior. I believe Jesus died for me and took my place. I promise, Lord, that I will serve you, and I want you to take me to heaven when I die. I do accept you as my Lord and Savior today. Use me for your glory and the time I have remaining. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I want to tell you, if you prayed and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, something's going on in heaven right now. Jesus said in Luke 15, 10, 
there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so uh, they're clapping and they're shouting and, and singing hallelujah to Jesus. If you accepted Jesus right now, heaven is rejoicing over you. Now, be- before we fade out from our podcast today, I do want to remind you that you repent of your sin and turn away from sin to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. But after you become a Christian, sometimes there are days when you don't have your eyes on the Lord and you're not you're not focusing on Him. and You don't want to sin, but you end up sinning. God's going to convict you of those sins. And when He convicts you of those sins, He wants you to come to Him and ask for forgiveness. Now, the blood of Jesus keeps on cleansing. But the importance of asking for forgiveness then is not to be saved. You can only be saved one time. You can only be born physically once. You can only be born spiritually once. The reason that you need to ask God to forgive you after you become a Christian, if you slip up in sin, is that getting forgiven helps you to get back in fellowship with God because it's possible to be out of fellowship with God. Now, you're not going to remain out of fellowship with God for long because God is chasing you if you remain out of fellowship with Him. He wants you to live the abundant life. So I encourage you, even as a believer today, perhaps it's not your intention to sin. You know that. But but you you said something, and the Holy Spirit convicted you of it, that it was wrong. Ask God to forgive you right now. Turn away from that. Make amends and start to live for Jesus once again. Yes, and listeners, if you prayed that prayer and and you you meant it with uh, all your heart, uh, we'd like to hear about that. And you can shoot us an email. We're at bonefireministries at gmail.com. I promise we're not going to sell your information to anyone. Uh, we're not going to harass you. We just want to know that you did it, and we'll celebrate, and right. we'll pray for you, and, and pray that you uh, find a good local church that you can get involved in and that uh, that you can grow uh, in your faith. And so uh, we love you guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonefire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.